In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So maybe some of you remember that I grew up in Minnesota. So boy, I can tell some good fishing tales. I love to fish both in summer and winter, but in order to save my voice a little bit today, I'm going to save those stories for another time. But this reading from the Gospel of Luke is an interesting fishing story, isn't it? About the fishermen who were out all night. They came in with empty nets. About this carpenter who becomes an itinerant preacher who commandeers the boat, preaches probably a pretty great and long sermon, and then tells the fishermen they should go out during the day when the fish normally aren't biting, and they should listen to where he tells them to go. So they do, and hundreds of pounds of fish later, Simon decides it's time for a change in his life, and he resigns from fishing, at least full-time, and he starts fishing for people. So it's a familiar story, right? And we know that a big part of the meaning of this story is that we are being invited by Jesus as well to be fishers of human beings. And as we were talking with the kids, there are so many ways to do that. But maybe when we begin to look more closely at this story, the message for us is what the obstacles have been for us all along. So maybe some people don't catch fish because they refuse to go into the deeper water. Jesus told Simon, leave the shallow water and go out where it's deep. So everyone knows that's where you catch the bigger, better fish. And the first rule of fishing is that you have to go where the fish are. But we should limit maybe this illustration to fish only or to even being a fisher of human beings. Maybe we are afraid to go into the deeper waters of faith for all the things that God wants for us. And I think we can substitute a lot of things for fish. So we could substitute wisdom. We could substitute love. We could substitute healing or peace or justice, as well as we can substitute numbers in our churches and people who connect themselves with Jesus Christ. All those things we want in abundance. And some people don't get enough of those things, or we don't catch enough people because we simply refuse to go deep. Deep water, though, is where the increase is, but it takes a lot more faith. Deep water requires risk. It means that our minds have to change, Our hearts have to open up, and we have to be ready for the unexpected. The visibility in deep water 
is not as good as in shallow water. And we've got to trust God's leading us there as well as we have to trust the words and directions of others who have passed through the deep water and made it there and back. In our life of faith, Jesus is always inviting us to go deeper. Staying in shallow water is a temptation, though. It doesn't cost much. It doesn't take much effort. It doesn't take much courage. But when Simon finally trusted Jesus and went into the deeper water, things began to change. And maybe it's the same thing for our lives or our own congregations. Classes are wonderful. Worship is wonderful. Planning sessions are wonderful. All the things we do to talk about how we can make our church good and strong are wonderful. And there's a lot that we've learned in all of that. But maybe the time is coming for us to put what we've learned to the test. Maybe the time is for us to go deeper in believing that God is teaching us and using us to actually benefit the church and the world around us. Deep water is where we have to go for us to find what God has in store for us. Then some people don't catch fish because they don't expect to catch fish. When Jesus tells Simon, go into the deep water, he also says, and prepare for a catch. He gives Peter some encouragement. He doesn't just say, do it. There's a little tagline there. I've got something ready for you. I'm not leading you nowhere. This is a word for us who attend church pretty regularly. Week after week, this is the place when we can go deep. We prepare for a catch. We open our hearts and minds to what God has to say to us. We open up our, our souls to God in words of confession. We listen to what God has to say to us, and we move on. But we have to have an expectation that God is actually doing those things with us and for us, and that because of our going deep, a blessing will follow, that something is waiting for us. Jesus gives us expectations in our worship as well. And expectations are really part of the biblical story, right? Expectation is the firstborn child of faith, it's called, the substance of things hoped for. When we say we believe in God, for example, we're not saying that we believe in some abstract idea. We're saying that we expect the very things that God is promising us. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, a community of faith, someone to put your hope and trust in, and someone to walk with you on your journey in faith through your life 
through the good times and through the bad. I like how Jesus keeps pushing Simon's boundaries to trust him even more. He says, leave the shore and go deep. These are easy in comparisons to expect a blessing, Simon. What Jesus is really calling Simon to do is to trust him enough so that he might even be disappointed in the end. There's an old story, maybe you've heard it before, about an old preacher. And every time he preached, he would invite people to give their life to Jesus. And every Sunday, someone would. But when his young assistant would preach... No one would come forward and give their life to Jesus. So after a year or so of this going on, the young minister went to the older minister for some coaching and some clarity. The wise old minister asked his young protege, When you preach, what do you expect to happen? And she thought about it and said, I expect to tell the good news I expect to be eloquent, and I expect to edify people. And the older pastor said, you're doing these things. But when I preach, I expect to win people to Christ, and that's all. I believe that our expecting and our preparing to be blessed by God must make God's heart smile. We must believe it deeply and extraordinarily. So some people don't catch fish because they don't go into the deep water. Some people don't catch fish because they don't expect to. But some people don't catch fish because they think they know more about fishing than God does. Simon almost makes this mistake. He tells Jesus in that exasperated tone, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught anything. We know about fishing and you don't. Aren't you a carpenter moonlighting as a preacher anyway? I'm sure they were thinking. Some people think that they know more about fishing than God. I think that probably happens to all of us at times. It's not that we actually think we know more about God or more about things than God does. It's just that we sometimes behave that way. We're not willing to put all the things that we've practiced in our faith and our life into play at times when it really is important. And sometimes that's where we fall short. Because God is leading us into these moments and giving us an opportunity. And perhaps we fall short because we don't understand what might happen in that moment. Some people say that the net full of fish is the miracle in this story. But I think it's more. I think the real miracle is that Simon Peter decided that God really was God and that his life would be different from that moment forward 
and that God would be someone he would be willing to follow no matter what, no matter where. That's when miracles begin to happen. Similarly, it is with us. That's when we will start catching fish, when we decide that God is God and God can lead us anywhere into the future. So what is the future for Christ Church Lutheran? We don't know. If it were up to us, we might have a clue. But really, isn't it up to God? Let us follow God into the future, hearing God's call for all of us to come together, to be the body of Christ, to be fishers for people, and to see what God can do in us and among us in this beautiful church, in this beautiful city. Amen.